Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Limitless Estates, where Kyle and Lolita talk to top experts and seasoned passive investors in the business to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family using real estate as your vehicle. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. Hey, everyone, and thanks for tuning into another episode of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lolita, also joined by Kyle. Before we get started, please make sure to head over to our website, limitless-estates.com, and grab our free Passive Investor's Guide. Also, if you're interested in learning more about what we do, you can schedule a call with Kyle on our website as well. All right, let's get into our show. On the show today, we have Jens Nielsen joining us. Jens, happy you can join us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you guys today. Well, awesome. Before we head into the interview, here's a little bit about Jens. Jens started his venture in multifamily real estate in 2016 after a successful career in telecommunications and IT. After the success as a KP on 78 apartment units, he has partnered with syndicators as a GP specializing in underwriting, capital raising, and investor relations. In 2019, Jens raised about $1.5 million for three deals totaling over 650 units. He has also passively invested in 14 syndications spanning over 800 apartment units, 2,000 mobile park lots, and over 6,000 storage units. So it sounds like you've done it all, and I'm sure our listeners are all asking how. So I'll let you take it from here, and could you please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? Yeah, thank you. So as people may recognize from my name and my accent, I wasn't born in the U.S. I uh, I came from Denmark, been here since 1996, and uh, kind of did what everybody uh, tell you to do, right? Get an education, get a job and saving the 401k, which I did for many years. I moved from the East Coast to through uh, New Mexico to now in Southwestern Colorado and just spent a lot of time just uh, working and enjoying the outdoors and just living my life and didn't really realize there was another path. And that's kind of what I discovered here you know, four or five years ago, that there is another way to, to make income and, and, and live a more kind of you know, financially free life. Awesome. Well, today we're going to talk about balancing your life with a W-2 job and the life of an entrepreneur. So I know that from experience, you know, that shift is not easy. So first tell us a little bit more about when that shift first happened for you. I know you still have your W-2, but when did the mindset shift kind of sink in that, hey, you know, there's another way out of this? Yeah. I mean, for years I've been thinking about what can I do that doesn't require me to, you know, punch the clock, if you will. And I had all these different ideas and it all sounded like just another job. Hey, IT consulting or some some other things. It all sounded like a job. And then I, I think like probably about four years ago, I listened to a podcast similar, similar to your own. And I didn't really know that anything about investing. I was like, oh my God, this is this is like the way, right? Bought and sold a few houses, but not done anything, anything that made any sense from an income standpoint. So I, I, I found this podcast, I'm listening to it. And as I have a tendency to, when I get in, in excited about something, I just throw myself 100% into it. So I started, you know, listening to the podcast, reading the books, uh, audio books and, and paper, paper books, and uh, really started learning what it meant to invest. And, you know, I, I realized at that time that this is not something that's going to happen overnight. Right? So I realized, hey, 
I want to start this. I want to start slowly, but also keep my current job because I had to kind of find that balance. So, so that just started four years ago, and I, I started just reaching out to people that had already done that, you know, learn from, from other people that have already been successful in this space and just see how do I get started. So that was kind of the initial, kind of just that one podcast that just completely changed my outlook on life. So that was just the amazing shift. What was it when you realized that, hey, this could actually replace my W-2 job? And when did you start making that transition? Yeah, so initially my wife and I, we, we, we bought a couple of fourplexes, you know, for three and a half, four years ago. And we're like, okay, if we can save for one four, four place every year. Then in about 10 years, we can have 40 units. And that would probably be pretty, pretty close to replacing our income. But that was the initial kind of thought we had. But then I very quickly realized that, well, that's a very slow and not very scalable model. And then I also at the same time realized, hey, I can align myself or I can learn from people who've already been there. I started, you know, again, I, I didn't really understand this vacation model and that's a whole different topic. But I, I was like, hey, maybe I can just buy a couple of small property, maybe partner with a couple of people. So that's what we did, you know, some four units, 11 units, 38 with a partner and stuff. So that was kind of where the start came from. But I also started getting educated because I realized this is, it could be dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. That's the other aspect of it. Yeah, definitely. So what has been your biggest challenge so far with balancing a W-2, you know, full-time job and real estate investing? Because definitely real estate investing is, from your perspective, is not fully passive. That's true. Time management is, is, is the biggest challenge, right? You know, I do, I, you know, I, I go to the office every day and I got a 30-minute commute every there and, and back. And I'm also, in addition to my real estate investing, I'm super passionate about the outdoors and skiing and biking. So that all takes a lot of my time. But I figured out that, hey, if I get up five o'clock in the morning, I have about an hour, hour and a half before I gotta leave for work. So that's my plan the day, do like these really core things that is gonna bring my business to the next level. So plan my day, work on my goals and affirmations, study something. You know, some people do the miracle morning. I do kind of a, a you call it abbreviated version of that, but then like an hour of power to really get that, that stuff down. And then I take the opportunity, maybe doing once, maybe doing break, to reach out to people, brokers and other people that I need to talk to. And then the evenings are really also dedicated to a lot of that. I don't have any children, so that helps, I guess. But, you know, my wife is super understanding and she's busy with her own stuff. So it's, it's a lot of time. It's, it's, there's not a lot of time for hanging out and doing fun stuff, if you will, although going to real estate conferences is fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you're planning on leaving your W-2 here pretty soon. So when from the start of finding, you know, real estate investing to the point where you're now able to leave your job, what was that time frame for you? It's about four years. It's about four years, you know. I will say when I'm ready to leave, I won't, I will not be able to replace, I will not have replaced my current income because I got a little bit of golden handcuffs in my current job. But I spoke to a lot of people, but the thing is a key point is the, the opportunity cost of staying in your job is huge, right? Because every deal you can go and look at, every broker you don't have time to call, every investor you can't connect with is a lost opportunity. So I feel like there's going to be a little bit dip in income and then things are going to rise up as I just, and fully focus on what needs to be done to, to be successful. 
Have you ever worried that your W-2 job would fire you or, you know, find out that you're spending more time in the real estate investing world? You know, there's so much stuff on social media now getting your name out there and your brand. You've got to do that to build your brand. Have you ever worried about your W-2? Well, my boss is invested in the color of my deals. So. Okay. <laughs> I guess not then. <laughs> but if HR figure found out, they may not appreciate that too much. I've actually not hidden it from my boss and coworkers because I was like, hey, I need to take time off to go to this event or whatever. It has not been a problem. I know other people have had that challenge with the W-2 and, and the investing business. Um, so far, I've been pretty lucky, you know, and, uh, you know, so it's so just kind of been open-minded. I mean, I've been open about it, you know. So, so far, it's not caused too many problems. Got it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes transparency is key, right? And you never know. And you may have a boss that would like to invest with you in, in the end. So, okay. That's true. Yeah, so that's been, that's been pretty good. <laughs> Got it. So, you know, when you're leaving your W-2 job, there's kind of two ways that you can go about it, which, you know, one way, which is the way I went, which is basically burning the boats and so you can't go back. And then there's the other one where you kind of leave yourself an out. Which boat are you on? Yeah, I mean, and I don't know by burning your burning your bridges or burning your boat. Like, I obviously would never upset anybody. I mean, it's on on good terms. I would leave, but you know, I have. I mean, I'm definitely fully committed to this. I do have some a lot of you know skills in the IT world that I feel like if I need to make a little bit of side income on that, I can still do that. I just got to be careful that does does not doesn't take over because that's what I'm comfortable with. And that's what I know how to do. So. So that's, I really, you know, really the path is going to be a combination of my, um, you know, my active real estate, both my own properties and the syndication deal on me. And also I do a bunch of, you know, do some coaching too. So that helps with some income on that side. So it really is that shift from relying on one source, you know, that W2 that comes every, every other week to going out there and just creating your own, your own future. And that's really what I think is super exciting. That's that shift. It's, has taken a long time to get there and there's still a lot of fear and uncertainty around that. I think that's normal. I think that if I embrace that and I'm willing to you know, take that leap like you know, you've done, Kyle, and, and experience that. So. Yeah, you kind of hit on it there, but what advice would you give to someone that is kind of in your similar position? I mean, you you even said it that you're going to take a dip in income, so it's not like smooth sailing is ahead. You know, you've definitely got to put in the work, fear sets in. What advice would you give to someone that's thinking about taking that leap but just is too afraid to do it? Yeah, and there's I've I've met people that've done it, you know, all aspect, all across the spectrum. Some people they want to get into real estate and they just quit and go for it, and other people they spend years and years and years to really replace their income. I think having the support from your spouse or partner to understand that, hey, this is, I'm not doing, you're doing this as a team and, and, and the goal is to reach financial freedom and you know that amazing life down the road. It may be take a little while, but just have that support so you're not out there by yourself. And that's another thing I, I really believe in this whole team building. Again, don't go out and try to do this by your own. Right? So I would really say to people, hey, build up some, some income on the side. Make sure that this is a path that you know you can do successfully. So if that's a couple thousand or five or ten grand a month, whatever it takes, just build that up. And you can do it while you work because it's, you know, don't try to self-manage. Just, hey, buy the properties or get involved in a syndication, whatever it is, but just really take that action and build up some income now. 
And then as as you get closer to that and you know you this is a model that can work and you can see, hey, if I could do this every day full time, I can just go so much quicker and so much further. Yeah. You know, and then maybe get a coach and maybe work with somebody that can encourage you and keep pushing you forward. So it's, so it's not just so scary, but it is still scary and it's still something we have to overcome and just take that action. Yeah. I mentioned this in a podcast a few weeks ago, I think, but I would look up Tim Ferriss's fear setting exercise and uh, it's from his book, the four hour work week. And it's really powerful because it tells you to basically write down the absolute worst case scenario of what can happen. And a lot of the times that worst case scenario is not too bad. So in my case, the worst case scenario was that I was going to have to go out and get another W2 job, right? I can go get another job right now and everything would be fine. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I do not want that. And that (laughs) is worst case scenario. But, you know, worst case scenario is really not that bad because I would just have to go back doing what everyone else is doing. So I challenge everyone to go out there and and take a look at that and and go through that exercise because it's very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a good. I have read that uh, read that book, and that's yeah. What is the worst thing that can happen? Right, you just get another job, and well, it'll be fine. So that's exactly. A good way to look at it. Yeah. So, where do you see yourself as an entrepreneur and a real estate investor five years from now? Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we started with the smaller properties, which I think a lot of people do because it's comfortable. It's it feels like a natural extension of buying a house and so forth. And I'm writing a couple of blog posts around that too because. While it makes sense, it's not a very good way to scale. And we are actually selling our smaller properties right now just to, because they don't really fit up. But long story short, you know, I'm moving away from smaller properties. I still like to have a few, you know, that 20 to 30 unit that's just mine that I can keep for a long time for just kind of steady cash flow. But really the, you know, the syndication model is, or even the JV model is one that I'm pursuing more and more. I'm kind of creating a, because as I mentioned earlier, I, I do some coaching for new investors and I see a lot of those kind of get stuck in, well, they want to do a deal. They don't have money or they don't have, you know, net worth or experience. So I'm, I'm, I'm partnering with some of those students to really go out there and, and give them the confidence to say, Hey, if you find the right deal, we will support you to do this. We will help you with whatever it is you, you need, you know, to close it. So I can see that really growing because I want to, you know, I want to be successful through other people's success. So, you know, in five years, it will be growing that model, partnering with people, you know, getting syndicating deals or buying JVs and uh, continuing to grow my coaching practice too, because that's another passion of mine. So, uh, you know, and, and, and give back and take and reclaim some of my time, right? Because now it's you know, the 60, 80 hour work right? to get back to a more normal work schedule, you know. Great. And so when you do leave your full-time job, are you going to be focused strictly on multifamily? Lolita mentioned earlier in your bio, you do have multiple asset classes that you're invested in. So just curious what your focus is. Yes, we do own a small mobile home park too here in Southwestern Colorado. This is actually my best investment from a cash on cash return. Uh, So I would not, I would like that. I mean, multifamily is kind of what I know and understand. I feel it's a great asset class. Mobile home parks, if I can find the right one, I would also be very interested. I've invested passively in note funds and, and, and mobile home, uh, what do you call it, uh, self-storage and all this other stuff. And, and it's not a space I understand. I haven't really spent the time to educate myself on those so far. Got it. Yep. Makes sense to stay focused. How about the potential downturn everyone's talking about? How are you preparing for that? <laughs> that was a good question. I mean, really, don't... 
don't assume that everything is going to keep going the way it has, right? Make sure you, are, you stress test your deals, make sure you can still pay your debt at, you know, 20% vacancy, whatever it is. Make sure you prepare, you know, if it is, in, you know, if, you, if it's an occasion, prepare your investors that, hey, these are projections, but things can change. And, you know, if there's a downturn, we have long, long-term debt on there, so we can actually don't have to sell when things are in the down. But also, I, I do feel like, you know, large and multifamily properties are much safer in a recession. I mean, I think during the last recession, there was like below 1% delinquencies or, or defaults on larger multifamilies. I think there's some safety in numbers there, you know, so. But, you know, it is a risk, and I think a lot, I think there's a lot of deals now that have been done that doesn't make a lot of sense, so I definitely am very cautious about that. So, as you know, it takes a long time to find a deal that makes sense and actually close on it, and you lose out left and right because people pay much more than you willing to pay. Yeah, absolutely. But you're not sitting on the sidelines, right? You're still going to be buying. So what do you say to people that maybe say that, hey, I'm going to sit on the sidelines, I'm going to wait till the downturn happens, and then I'm going to clean up? What do you say to that? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. But then I think one thing is, if you've been working with brokers throughout you know, the, good, the good times, you're probably, I mean, if you're actively now, you're going to be the person that they're going to come to as well when, when prices are depressed and, and so forth. If you're the guy who's sitting on the, on the sideline, it's going to be challenging to enter that market and get the attention of brokers and other things, I think. So just if you keep being active, if you keep doing deals, and then if things start to slow down, you're still there, you're still buying. I think that's really that's really important as long as you don't get crushed, but that's you know the conservative underwriting you have to do. But the thing is, you know, I always say that the best time to buy real estate was probably, you know, in 2011, and the second best time is right now. Because we don't know what's going to happen. And if we wait for something bad to happen, we can sit on the sideline. Yep, exactly. I think Australia is on a 26-year run with their economy. So you just never know, right? So it's just always good to have some plan in place to reduce risk and stick to that plan and buy right. And, you know, you can make it through most downturns. So, okay, Lolita is going to take us into our final four questions. Are you ready? Absolutely. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by asset protection attorney, Wayne Patton. We all spend a lot of time thinking about ways to make more money, but how much time have you spent thinking about legal strategies to protect your wealth? Whether you're a professional, an investor, or an entrepreneur, you are at risk of being targeted in a lawsuit. Wayne is an attorney who specializes only in asset protection strategies like the use of offshore trusts. If you'd like to learn more about how you can protect your assets, visit mwpatton.com or assetprotection.law. Mention this podcast and Wayne will waive his customary $750 initial consultation fee. Again, the website is mwpatton.com or assetprotection.law. Or you can call Wayne at 877-727-1092. Call now and get protected today. All right, Jens, what is the one tool you use in real estate investing that you could not do without? So being in IT, I would say the tool I like the most is called Streak for Gmail. It's kind of a a CRM email management tool that's pretty cool. So I like Streak for Gmail. 
Can you tell us a story about your biggest mistake in real estate investing and what is the main takeaway for our listeners? Yeah, so reflecting on that earlier. So a couple of things. I invested in a, this was through myself, the regular IRA. I invested in a property in, in California. They were doing like a residential construction, tear down, build up, but very expensive. And this was like a second lien on their mezzanine debt or something. And I got, it was like supposed to be 14% interest. Like, oh my God, this is amazing. Let me invest in this. And I really didn't really know anything about a residential market. I just got greedy. I saw a 14% interest. It was like, this is awesome. Let me go for it. Luckily, it was not a lot amount of money, but they ended up foreclosing on that deal and we got half the, half the capital back. So my biggest mistake there was investing in something I didn't understand and being greedy. All right. What is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level? It's really time management. You know, just being focused on what needs to be done. We, we, we have often have this tendency to do what's right in front of us. Hey, there's an email, there's a call, there's a text. And we just focus on that. Instead, just stepping back and understanding what is it that needs to be done to take your business to the next level. So time management and being focused. And that's something I talk a lot about with my students too and said, hey, you want to do this? Stay focused and, and, and get, the, get the right thing, the one thing done first. Lastly, where can people find out more about you? So the one thing I like to offer is uh, people can get on my website. Uh, it's opendoorscapital.com slash call, and they can get on a free call with me if they want to talk about anything going on. So opendoorscapital.com. And my email is also Jens, J-E-N is at opendoorscapital.com. Fantastic. Jens, you've been great. We appreciate your time, and thanks so much for being on our show. Absolutely. It was awesome. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, Jens. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Group on Facebook so you can connect with Kyle and Lolita and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so that you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, head on over to limitless-estates.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Kyle and Lolita, sign up on the Contact Us page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.